Lights. Camera. I do not fuck octopi, and I am Octo not down with this. I love my octopus, my sweet octopus, as it is the center of the ocean, and how I love how my octopus teaches me the ocean, and how simple the ocean- Oh, wait, sorry, we're doing a podcast! Roll the intro! <laughs> and I'm not singing in protest because I've got a lot of things to say. This is not a good day. It will not be a good day for some people. Definitely for me, it is because I get to say the things. And this, okay, for those of you that are used to the singing, it's spoken word. So fucking deal with it, okay? <laughs> fucking deal with the spoken word. Some seriousness. Wait, no. Truth and seriousness is about to bring, be brought down upon thee, unfaithful ones. See? Spoken so, word. Let's get started. Yes. Bada bing, bada boom. Boom. So welcome to uh, Cinematic Pod, Cinemagic Podcast, where in this podcast, you know, I used to, let's say, podcast in the past, but now I am estranged from my son, and I no longer feel the need to ever podcast before uh, as my host. But maybe if I go into the sea, I will learn how to be a better podcast with my <laughs> podcasting host, Rick Acevedo. Right. And um, so if you're wondering why we're talking about Octopi and Jonathan seems to be having a conscience of crisis to the point where he no longer has a relationship with the son that he does not yet have. Um, it's because we're going to talk about my octopus teacher. And I want to start this out by saying I have some very strong mixed feelings. And when I really when I say mixed feelings, I'm trying to be positive about it. Mm hmm. But realistically speaking, my feelings are 99.75% um, negative, and that's being generous. Okay? Here's the reason why. And Jonathan, you can understand where I'm headed with this. I talk to everyone in our team. Everyone. Mm -hmm. After I watched this. Because this, to me, was weird. Okay? Yes. I saw all these positive reviews, people talking about the beautiful yep. boundaries of relationship and stuff like that. Like, fuck Rotten yep. Tomatoes and everybody who fucking writes on it, okay? Yep. Rotten Tomatoes also gave an 80% favorability review to Crawl, which is like a shitty-ass movie about gators in, in the middle of a hurricane. Like, it's... It's like it's like Sharknado, but with gators, and because gators are lesser evolved creatures, they're just only doing their shit in the hurricane. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there, okay? So fuck Rotten Tomatoes. And if you don't like what I just said, then fuck you too. <laughs> Let me get that out of the way. Not in a good mood about this shit. So... See, you know, when I was a young man, I used to... Uh, you hate your mouth. Critics, and I've learned to then... Learn the best how to critique with all the critics that I could then take to now this podcast. Uh, no. So... <laughs> So, okay, and I called everyone and I said, you got to see this because I am not understanding all of this positivity regarding this. It had a great description on Netflix, so it makes it mm -hmm. very easy for you to want to watch it. But then you see it, and I grew up on Jacques Cousteau films, which were, they had legitimate research. They understood 
um, you know, under you know, there's marine life biology just in general. It wasn't maybe the most exciting thing, but it was definitely beautiful. Yep. And you learned a lot. Here, this is, and I understood this later, a great example of how when you have phenomenal DPing, you can literally look past the story just enough to think that what you're watching is actually great when realistically is one of the most disturbing things you're ever going to want to watch. And so I told Jonathan and I, everybody, I said, you have, they hadn't watched this, you have to watch this film because I thought I was going insane and I had lost my ability to objectively look at a film because I thought to myself, this guy this filmmaker, Craig Foster, I think his name is, Greg Foster, whatever, mm-hmm. I don't even care. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't honestly care enough. <laughs> uh, that this guy was not really making a film about the beautiful kelp forest in South Africa, which is amazing. It's, it's, a, it's, mm. it's I mean, the setting is just perfect. Mm. But this was not about the kelp forest. No. And it was hardly about preservation. This is a no. guy, about a guy that has a borderline creepy relationship with a female octopus. Yep. To the point that you question if he wanted to, you know, get it on with the octopus. And I'm yeah. I, I know that a lot of people are going to say you know, you're being overly critical about this, and I don't give a fuck if that's your opinion. But the fact of the matter is, is if you look past how beautiful this is shot, beautiful. there are some glaring issues with the story. Yes. Because you don't put yourself... We're You know, we've done documentaries, okay? Mm-hmm. We're doing a documentary series now. The only time you as a documentarian put yourself in the actual picture is if this is affecting you in some way or if this was something that came so from within you that what you're saying is helping drive the story forward. Okay, Mm -hmm. that it serves as an almost unbiased observer situation. But this guy literally puts himself on camera. He's the only person you see on camera with the exception Mm -hmm. of seeing his son a few times who doesn't say anything and the octopus and those are the three main cast members but he's the only one that ever talks and he talks about how his life is somehow changed by meeting this octopus which look i've seen films there was a film about a leopard uh i think it was in 67 or 68 and um in africa and and it it had a relationship with this lady and and uh in the sense that it was an you know a leopard in the wild, but yep. it somehow and you've seen you've seen films like that. They're yeah, they there. had that bear one that was big not too long, like in the nineties or yeah, whatever. Yeah, they, the, they've had bears relationships yeah, yeah. like that. Where, you know where yeah. you see people develop a relationship with a wild animal that's awe inspiring, and and I do understand when that's something that switches, like it crosses the boundaries of human relationships or interpersonal relationships and you see that where there's love and there's there's understanding there can be something beautiful all right i'm sorry for all everyone who believes that that's the case here but the hell it is yeah because it's not it like 
my life can be improved by having a really and i'm an animal lover so i understand that i ride horses i you know i have dogs all of that stuff yes life is improved and jonathan you have a cat yeah, yeah. You know? and i have had tortoises and reptiles and you've had tur- tortoises and i've heard you talk oh, about yeah. like i remember you talking about bucky your tortoise 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 um and and how and and his stuff and and you and, and like how cool it was when you were telling stories about that but i never heard you say to me Oh, Rick, <laughs> today was the day I said goodbye to Bucky, and I touched his head ever so slightly, and I looked at him in his little tortoise eyes, and I said, <laughs> Bucky, today shall be the last day we have physical contact. <laughs> like... No, I remember when you when you when you sent Bucky to the you know to the place with all you know, you said yeah I said Bucky and he's you know I think he's doing a lot better and stuff like that. You weren't talking to me, like you were regretting the fact that Bucky hadn't chosen you for his life mate. Yeah, I guess. Yes, no, hundred percent because as most things are. Even if you want a relationship with the animal, the end goal is to have the best life for the animal uh, and its species and everything else, which is what a, 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 a lot of documentaries do. If you're doing a relationship between yourself and an animal, uh, even if it's tragic, the most part is about the betterment of the animal itself, where in this documentary is not about that at all. Uh, and I come from an academic background, uh, so I'm just going to say this, but he had really bad science in the way that he even met with the octopus and the way he disrupted their environment. As an animal lover, a conservationist, and as an academic, that pissed me off so much because what he did was not for the health or the betterment of the octopus, but only for himself, as this movie is really only about his obsession with the it's octopus. A, it's a vanity project. It's a vanity project. It's a vanity, totally vanity to project. It's the detriment like... of the animal itself. And so I'm like, what are you doing? It's to the detriment of the animal, to the point, and I'm sorry, I didn't say this, to the point that it pissed me off so much that halfway through the documentaries, when he finally was like, I should do some research on octopuses. And I was like, really? Really? So you're telling me you're swimming with it, you're paying its down, you're impacting its environment, you're doing all these things, and you didn't think for one second to be, oh, I should find out actually what they do or what they need or anything else. What an asshole. Yeah, uh, that me, just shows let me, tell me you something. Let me tell you something. Assholeness of this guy. I, as I said, I used to watch, um, you know, Jacques Cousteau documentaries. Um, my whole life as a kid growing up i mean just back in the 80s they were on syndication they were on all the time you learned about animals you learned about mating habits you learned about stuff like that but the one thing that you always learned from all these people okay who were like conservationists who did whose work was in part to create a positive impact on the environment Mm -hmm. okay you keep your distance yep okay I do kayaking in a river that's full of gators, turtles, there's plant life, there's mm-hmm. lily pads and stuff like that. You always keep your distance from the animals. You let them interact with the environment, you know, and you do the best you can to not disrupt that. Mm-hmm. If I see a gator, 
Even though a gator isn't, its first instinct isn't going to be to attack if I'm not close to it and if it's not threatened by by me. Mm-hmm. I stop and I wait until I see the little breathing circles from underwater. And if I don't see it underwater, it's because it's just going down enough so I can't see it. It's not that it's going all the way down, but it's only like usually about four feet of water, five feet of water in, in those type of, of rivers anyway. So if I see a gator go down, I wait. Mm-hmm. I don't want to accidentally hit it with an oar. Mm-hmm. I don't want to accidentally brush on top of it with a kayak, even though the kayak is plastic. You don't do things like that. Mm-hmm. Just like... If when I'm horseback riding, I see a deer in the forest, I let the deer be for two reasons. I know that the horse is going to get spooked. Horses are big animals, but they spook easily. Same thing with if I see a pig or anything of that nature. Everything has its own place in the environment, and you have to respect that. Mm -hmm. If you were a fan of the crocodile hunter at some point, yeah, he was a funny guy and, and, and all that stuff, but... Part of what killed him, unfortunately, was the fact that he was swimming too damn close to a stingray. Stingrays mm-hmm. were not animals that you fuck with. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. thinking that you can touch the animal, swim with it, and and you know whatever, that's a problem because then you become an introduction to the environment that's unnatural. Yes, yes. that's a, that's a fact. I'm not mm-hmm. making this up. That's an actual scientific fact. So yep, hundred percent. You know, and that just goes to what you said. So my biggest problem is. Uh, you know, you see some. You like, you're making a film about the kelp forest. I learned nothing about the kelp forest. Nothing. Learn nothing about octopuses. Or, or either. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm learning nothing about the kelp forest except for the fact that it's beautiful. Cool. Mm-hmm. I get cool. it. You go down, and then you see this octopus because that's how the film starts. And I guess you know, we can spoil it. I mean, I give two shits but spoilers ahead yeah Sorry. Spo- spoilers <laughs> ahead and you know whatever i again we're not concerned no about this. no not concerned. um you're, you're not missing anything i think the title gives it away and yeah i yeah. know uh, the title actually doesn't give it away it's that's the problem because you know like the descriptions and everything like that you you get the feeling that this is one of those things where he sort of had an indirect relationship with the thing but it isn't because he was creeping on it yeah, he okay, obsessed and over everything, it. He everything it. He has their environment. It's he not did. just that. And I'm getting to the point that really fucking bothered me. Okay? And that there is a voyeuristic aspect to this. Mm-hmm. The guy mm-hmm. literally was almost a voyeur. He would be there for hours visiting this octopus day after day, watching everything that was happening. Watching. I get interacting and disturbing. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, at one point, he's like the octopus. I want to say maybe midway through the film, or maybe not midway, but the octopus is attacked by a specific kind of shark, Mm -hmm. a smaller type of shark. And the shark, the sharks, in trying to kill the octopus, gets away. The shark destroys one of the octopus's um tentacles mm-hmm. right and the octopus gets away which could have happened any other time that that's known to happen where an animal it gets away from yeah, a yeah octopuses regrow limbs yeah, you know and octopuses do regrow limbs so that's fine but the way he says is like i realized these sharks 
have gotten the octopus and I couldn't do anything but watch and it's saying shit like that and I'm like you're making it way more emotional than it should be this is the natural course of life yes. if you go to the fucking Serengeti okay you're gonna see a tiger or a lion jump on its prey and kill it Mm-hmm. You're going to see carry-on, and if his dumbass even knows what that means, but for mm-hmm. anyone that doesn't, carry-on is basically just a dead corpse that certain animals will be feeding on, and that's the word that's used for it, carry-on. So you're going to be seeing carry-on on the, on the fucking, you know, Serengeti, or anywhere you go, because where there's animals, because that is the natural order. That is how that works. Sad though it may be, that mm-hmm. is how that works. There's always one animal that's, you know, preying on another. It's a, it's a chain. It's a natural circle of life. Hell, if to put it in the most in the plainest of ways, watch the damn Lion King. Even that'll yeah. tell you that it's the circle of goddamn life. All right, <laughs> it's the circle. Listen to the song for fuck's sake. Don't listen to me. Just listen to the fucking song. You know, and the guy, you know, it's such a vanity thing mm-hmm. where he's starting to talk about what type of human being he is. Yep. And he starts to talk about, I'm not, you know, like, I th- my. it made me think about my relationships in life. Listen, I have a real problem with that. Because that's using a fucking crutch for, you know, for, for, for how shitty you are. Yep. If you're a person that requires seeing an octopus in the ocean to understand what your mistakes in life have been, then you got other problems. You need to fucking go to some therapy, my friend, because that right there shows that there's like a deeper issue with you. Oh, yeah, he couldn't hang out with his son because he was too busy with the octopus. But once the octopus dies, which, again, he feels relief from, so he does, feels relief from his obsession, uh, he can then have a relationship with his son. And I'm like, wow, what a pretentious a-hole. Like, he needed to finish his obsession in order to have a relationship. I just, with I just think it was a straight-up asshole thing. I, I don't even want to freaking... Because, I, you know, like... It bothers me because I'm a father, dude, and you know the mm-hmm. kind of father that I am. Mm-hmm. So it fucking bothers me that it's like, it's you're taking something that there's a billion of in the ocean, okay? That only lasts about a year because if you know, like an octopus doesn't have a long a, a long lifespan. They don't have that much of a long I, lifespan. I mean, he he would have to do some research and not just open handedly not give a fuck and do whatever he felt like at the time. So you know, to know stuff like that, um, you know, as any good nature researcher, conservationist, or anybody else does, research the damn animals. But oh no, he's too good for that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, if he has just, a relationship, so it's too fucking, good for that. It fucking bothers fucking me relations. because because it it just speaks to something that's a bigger problem in life. I think mm. you've got people that want to be philosophers, mm-hmm. and that whole bullshit 
about I'm gonna look at nature and I'm gonna philosophize. Mm. And I don't even know philosophize a word, but I don't care. I'm too pissed off to really give a fuck. That's what I'm he gonna was say. So pretentious. You know, like we I went horseback riding once with a person that is no longer a friend. Who said um, wow, I don't know. Do horses really want us on them like this? And that pissed me off. And the reason why it pissed me off was because if you understood animals, you'd understand that a horse is a 1,000-pound animal that should the horse want you off, it won't let you know. It won't, <laughs> it won't whim. It'll throw your ass off. Yeah. <laughs> and to... to Make a point, it'll stomp your ass too because it's a 1,000 pound animal with the athleticism to do just that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I understand that because I've been around horses my entire life. Mm -hmm. Okay, I can ride any horse, mm -hmm. and I can also learn to have a respectful relationship with any horse because I don't want to get dropped and stomped. That is the yeah. way that whole thing works. Usually, if you're an actual animal lover and sea creatures are animals, the point is to do your research and be kind to them and figure out what yeah, they like or kind. don't like. That's the point. And this guy didn't do that in the beginning, which pissed no. me off because he waited so long before he did basic research. But I'm like, if you really like cared about an animal or did anything, you would research ahead of time to make sure you're not disrupting its environment, to make sure things like, which is very much true for a lot of sea creatures, your natural body oils and everything else don't disrupt it or make it sick, which it can do for a lot of sea creatures, yes. octopuses included. Uh, so, you know, you do basic research to make sure that you're caring most and foremost, the health of the fucking animal. And, it's and I not, never usually curse on this podcast. And, and you know what? But you got me cursing for that. No, you know, I'm but here's, really angry about Here's that. the problem, too. There's like a, there's such a broad scope of ignorance, and this mm -hmm. just actually adds to that. There's this new thing that people do. They they call it the um, the fish pedicure, where you just basically dip your dirty nasty oh, yeah, yeah. into the tanks and you know mm, there was a woman who did that and i think chronicled i think it was on instagram and i think she might have gotten kicked off of instagram as a result of it i don't recall exactly what the situation was but it's definitely something worth looking up but it led to an infection that essentially led to over time part of her foot getting amputated so mm -hmm. see, when you think an animal is actually being loving to you, and it, if it's doing something where it's making physical contact, that might be the way of self-defense. And it might secrete something that your own body cannot take. Mm -hmm. Taken in, you know, in, in time or what have you or not. I'm not saying that's the situation for everyone, but I'm saying that that is the situation that happens with certain animals that need to fucking defend themselves. Oh, and um, this animal did that. It inked to try to get away from it several times. And if you know anything about octopuses, inking is a very good way of saying, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be chased. I don't, I want to be left alone. And he would still chase the animal when it obviously wanted to be left alone, which is something that you're supposed to do as a 
fucking up. Sorry, as a researcher and everything else, you're supposed to do that. If the animal doesn't want to be touched and it wants to be left alone, you're supposed to let, leave it alone. But that's the thing: is this guy is not a fucking researcher. This guy is just a is just a like a clown with a with a you know inflated sense of self. You yeah. know, and I'm sorry, but how could you put yourself like? Literally, all he does is talk for an hour and a half. And Leo. He talks for the octopus as if he knew what the octopus also, was thinking. I, that pissed me off more than anything. One of the things that really bothered me. the octopus. Stop thinking you know what the octopus is even talking about because you don't. You don't know behavior. You don't know octopus behavior. And you would have no clue the way an octopus thinks. And, and then what really, really the most disturbing thing to me, to be honest, and I told... Um, I told you and I told Amy about this, and really I told anyone that would listen. I said, there's a scene where the octopus is mating, as it is normal for octopi to do. And he's just, like, standing there, like, not standing, but floating there, voicing over... like a goddamn cuckold. Like his girlfriend is making him watch as she does the deed with another man. Mm-hmm. That right there, I was like, this just got to a whole new level of creep. And the reason why it got to a whole new level of creep was because when, you know, animals mate, they mm-hmm. mate. Yeah. It's but just normal. because they're animals does not mean. This is just me thinking, spitballing out loud, that they want to be watched. <laughs> okay? I don't want to be watched. It's a private fucking thing. It's not, it's like, hey man, whatever floats your boat, that's fine. But I'm just saying, you know, like animals, it's, it's you don't, you don't just stand there. It's, it's like, you watch zebras make love or something, you know? And I don't know if that footage was his actual footage because I'm gonna let you in for all the listeners here, just in case you don't know about movie magic. Uh, a lot of my octopus teacher close-up shots of the octopus was not the octopus he was swimming with. It wasn't even his. Uh, it wasn't his footage. It was a complete different camera and B-roll they got after the fact. Uh, so a lot of this, even some of this great shots, was bullshit that they did after the fact. So, uh, <laughs> so it's great cinematography and great editing is what you're telling me. Oh, a hundred percent. Okay. Uh, so, so a lot of this to make it look like, oh, we got all this footage live. Bullshit. They just did it after the fact. No, so that see whatever. that just makes me angrier. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, of course. It, but here's so. here's the thing. At the end of the day, if you're going to do something, all right. Like you said, do your research. Yeah. That's but don't there. fucking veil something. Because I would have been fascinated learning about the kelp forest because I love the ocean. Mm-hmm. Bro, I could I could go snorkeling. I could kayak in the ocean. I love the bioluminescent um, bays and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I love doing all that stuff. That is awesome to me. Yeah. And keep your point. Also, Amy, one of our partners, loves octopuses. One of her favorite animals in the world. So this movie is also up her alley. Because, like, you love the ocean. She loves octopuses. 
So keep going, Ray. I want to say, so she hated this too. But we know that. Well, but I needed to fucking understand. Like, I needed to understand that I wasn't going insane. Because I think, as a writer, and as someone that's been in the business for a while, I have a good eye for story. I know what the hell I'm talking about. So therefore, why is it that I'm not seeing what stupid, shitty-ass... And fuck Rotten Tomatoes, and I'm going to say this, and whoever doesn't fucking like it, you can talk to me, because I'll tell you why you suck, alright? Because I'm not going to fucking put on a goddamn veil on this shit. I see these reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, and everyone's like, this movie's great. What makes it great? It got a, 19, a 97 in Rotten Tomatoes. Crawl is great. It got an 80 on Rotten Tomatoes. And then you go see it, and you're like, what the fuck? What does this even mean? Why? I, like, what does that even... Does that have any value whatsoever? No, Everyone's no. a fucking critic, and so therefore, now everyone, people that know nothing about the industry, consider themselves to be these professionals. They put... They throw up a goddamn review, and they say, this is a great interplay. They use words that they don't even fucking know what actually they the words that they're using mean. And they say, this is a great interplay between the relationship between man and and beast no it's not it is quite no. completely the opposite of the opposite. that yeah. if you understood the relationship between man and beast at its best and its core it would be one of respect i will respect your space i will respect where you live where you forage for food your habits and i will keep my fucking distance if you fucking understood anything of what the fuck you were talking about then you would understand motherfuckers that you like the reason why animals become an issue and they become pests in areas where they shouldn't be is because they're being introduced into environments that they shouldn't be. Case mm -hmm. in point, Pablo Escobar's hippopotami, male and female, started reproducing like crazy. When good old Pablo died in a gunfight in Colombia, those hippopotami started spreading and now there's like 500 of them in that area where his hacienda in Colombia was. They are not indigenous to Colombia, yet nope. they're there. Mm -hmm. So that became a problem. They became pests because there's no way to control them. There's not really an area where they could do what they would normally do where they are from. See, that's the problem. Mm. You don't understand what you're doing. And therefore, but you're going to make a movie about it. And somehow, some goddamn how, this is a fucking real interplay between what? Shut your dumb ass up, pick up a goddamn book, put it on your Google, my fucking machine, and then mm. tell me how the fuck this was correct at all. Sorry, no, I got on the soapbox. Uh, my apologies. No, I, I agree with your passion there because I am like, this man, it's a fairy tale story because he was just talking for the beast and talking for the behaviors that even doesn't make sense for the actual behaviors of Octopus. And it's kind of just this fucking fairy tale that's literally just a fairy tale of his own mind and his own obsession. I was like, wow, I can make this easily a movie about a delusional man and an octopus. That's literally what it is. It's about a delusional man and an octopus who's so fucking pretentious. Oh, and yeah. again, 
Go back to other ones. You never hear me really curse on these podcasts. And I want to let you know that this one is upsetting me. But his pretentiousness, even with his underwater sea tracking, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I'm, I'm not even sure you know you got the same octopus again. So, uh, <laughs> like it was, you know, because he's so good because he's been tracking in the fields of Africa. I'm so good at it that I can track an octopus underwater by looking at clams and everything else. I'm like, you barely know what an octopus fucking eats. How are you telling me you can track it? Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Well, dude, I, like, I, I, I hated that pretension. If, if, it's, if it's, you know, like, and here's the thing, too. If you were telling me that that octopus was the only one there and you could, by fact, actually... But here's the reason why he's full of shit. The professional tracker that he is. Okay? Mm. The ocean is vast yes okay the ocean in any body of water much like the sky if you're flying gives you the potential to go through what's called spatial disorientation mm -hmm. and spatial disorientation simply happens when either you have vast like a vast space where everything looks the same or shit looks similar enough to where you're going around and around and you might be hitting the same spot, but you don't 100% know it. Mm -hmm. Let me give you a really good example. I was kayaking and there's some really dark waters. Dark waters because there's like a lot more um, life underwater and that. And so you don't see, there's no clear, like there's no sandbar, there's no anything like that. It's just plant life mm -hmm. on their knee it's like three to four feet down but it's just high enough to where it makes the water significantly darker and there's about a good two mile stretch down the river where i was kayaking where that's darker okay seriously dark yep i'm seeing trees that are down and i'm not sure if the trees are down or if what i'm seeing is the reflection of the tree coming up mm -hmm. all right you start getting lost because it all looks the same for so long. And with lily pads and everything like that, there's subtle differences, but it's not until you start seeing specific landmarks that you actually know that you're looking for, that you actually know that you're in the right spot. Mind yeah. you, downriver, upriver, it's the same damn thing. It's not like you're not going to get lost, but the mind starts playing tricks because you're spatially disoriented. I've been snorkeling multiple times, multiple times in the ocean, not in kelp forest, but I can tell you that it is very easy to get disoriented. All right. And straight really far, especially if you go like, if you have a flat kayak or, or canoe or anything like that in the water, mm -hmm. it's very far to get away from that. Okay. You have to stay in a small radius. So you're going to, like, if you saw those drone shots that had him going, that is a good chunk of terrain to cover. Good yeah. enough to get spatially disoriented if you're down there for as long as he claims to have been down there. So I'm not really understanding how you could track underwater the same thing, the same way that you could track on land in the savannah and stuff like that. That doesn't make a damn bit of sense to me. And I want to say octopuses have territory. They do where they can hunt, right? But he literally chased it away from its territory, then found another octopus in a den and just assumed that's where it moved its territory. I'm like, 
How do you know that's not just another octopus's territory that you had? Because they're famously, I don't know, shape changing, color changing, <laughs> to make them look alike. They all have that ability and capability from literal birth. Again, it just speaks to how fucking arrogant this dude is. And I could. Yep, 100%. And he's just talking in a way where already there was something about his personality that I rejected just because I felt like if you he's see that. Did you see that? Um, that like, do you remember that bit where he's like taking some footage of this tribe in Africa? And yes, that's part of his background, so you can show why he's such a good tracker. But that you're not tracking, you're taking footage. Tracking and taking footage are two totally different things. Oh yes, but see, since he did a documentary on the tribe who had good trackers, therefore he's a good tracker, and now he could take tracking on land to the same thing as tracking in the ocean, which you know, again. What the f tracking in a savanna is different from tracking in a forest, much less tracking in an ocean. Uh <laughs> you know what, Jonathan? Just I, I have to disagree with you because I watched Mortal Kombat and I feel <laughs> that I am the greatest fighter in the world because I watched Mortal Kombat. Also, I don't know if you knew, but I've been working <laughs> on my flying, building a Batmobile, um, wielding a lasso. And fighting apocalypse because I watched well, that fucking well, atrocity to be called fair, Justice if, if you directed that, you would then know how to do it. Like Josh Whedon can now shoot lasers out of his eyes and build oh, an Iron course. Man too because he did Justice League and and, and, and Marvel. So you know yeah, how to and do you know Marvel. what? Absolutely. And I also have Jedi powers mm -hmm. because I played Jedi like like Jedi Outcast is my favorite uh, yeah, yeah. GameCube of all time. So and I'm I'm great with the lightsaber. I'm just great at yeah, it. A hundred percent. You know, we, we did our documentaries, uh, you know, about uh, the Italian underground. So now I know how to make my own underground cult and do everything. Of course, we did a documentary on yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. I could totally do that. Uh, it's so simple. Once you do, once you, once you film something, you just know how to do it. So, but if you can <laughs> tell he's got this kind of arrogant ass look where he's mm -hmm. just a jerk off. And, you know... He's another rich asshole because, I'm sorry, where he lives, you can tell he has money. He's just another rich asshole who thinks they're better than everybody else. Because I'm going to tell you this right now, everyone. You Just go to YouTube and look at octopus-like videos of people coming, octopus coming up and stealing people's cameras or coming up and touching them and then swimming off and doing that. He thought he was the most special dude in the world because an octopus came up to him. I'm like, oh, no shit, Sherlock. They're curious. They do it to tons of fucking people. If you did a Google search before you filmed this fucking movie, you had a fucking saw that. Also, fucking also if asshole. you piss an octopus off or if it feel, feels threatened, that physical contact that he was getting the hard on for is the sort of physical contact that the octopus is doing to defend itself. So, Where yeah. if it was like... If you felt the octopus with those tentacles outside of the water, mm -hmm. that shit would hurt exponentially yep. more. You don't feel stuff as much underwater. There's a lot of people that like will have um, arthritis, bone issues, and stuff like that. They take up scuba diving le later in life because in, in the water, you don't feel the aches as much as you feel it out of the water. Mm -hmm. That's not something that I'm making up. Ask anyone that's ever had any physical issues.
That's why right. you see water aerobics a lot popular with older people. Yeah, older people the love the water aerobics because it's do. like, you know, they maybe they don't want to go uh, scuba diving, so they'd rather get into the pool. But the whole thing is, is, is you do water because you don't feel stuff in water mm-hmm. nearly as much. Yeah, it makes it easier to move around with. Yeah, you like you could, yeah. you know, you could lift people underwater, you know, and, and do stuff like that when you were underwater. Because people mm-hmm. don't weigh anything, mm-hmm. you know, it's not the same as lifting that weight. So, yep. uh, you know, that whole thing about the octopus touched my finger with its tentacles, and I felt then a weird connection between me and the octopus, and I could feel it saying to me, "You are my friend." <laughs> That whole scene, I'm sorry to break anybody's heart about this, was absolute garbage. And bullshit. Yeah. The octopus was probably just touching you to see what the fuck you were, as they do. Yeah. Because they're curious. That's just what they do. It's not a friend thing. It's just a, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it just, it bothered me enormously. Um, And look. Me too. Me too. I, I hate it. Every scene with that shit. I was like, stop talking for the octopus. You don't know what the octopus feels. Stop talking for it. I mean... He had this special relationship with this octopus, which was one-sided, because he just kept making it up. Dude, and here's the problem with that. I... I just, like, I hate people who, who just think they know best. Mm-hmm. Um... I follow on Instagram Luna the Panther. Luna the Panther is a panther. Except it was a black panther, beautiful animal. She's about a year old, I think. Um, the girl who raised Luna is someone that raised the, the panther not because she's a pretentious jackass, but because the, the, the panther herself was being ignored and rejected by her mother, which is something that can can. Um, happen with some animals when they're like born in, in litters and you know things of that, of that nature. So Luna, she took her in and she's raised her, but she's a person that has big cat experience that has been working with big cats her like whole grown life. That is what she does. So mm-hmm. she understands how to care for and protect this animal. Yep. Okay? Mind you, it's like clearly stated um in an article that was done about this you know she's a person that don't don't assume automatically that you can just take a this was an animal that was born in captivity but did not was not being given the tools to survive by her own mother Mm -hmm. don't assume that this is tiger king situation where you know you start cut petting and doing all this other stuff that you know you learned is actually uh detrimental to the animal yep all right It, it isn't that thing um, this is someone who knows that works with big cats in a, in a zoo. This guy doesn't have any experience with animals. Period. No. End of story. That much I could tell. And he, now, and he truly did not give a fuck the whole time about learning how to properly have experience. Yeah, and and so and you talk about conservation. Look, I could tell you one great way to preserve marine life is don't litter 
But mm-hmm. that doesn't make me an expert conservationist. Mm-hmm. I could tell you that one great way to preserve marine life is to not go down and say, I'm going to pick up a shell from the bottom of the ocean or I'm going to, you know, cut some uh, some cup leaves and do this and do that. Coral. I get that. Mm-hmm. You don't obviously do that. That anyone could get and understand. Yeah. So you're not showing me your knowledge of conservation by swimming around in a kelp forest creeping on an octopus. Yeah, and at the end, the teaser is like, well, now I have an organization that's supposed to help the kelp forest. I'm like, one, go fuck yourself. Two, go fuck yourself. And three, that's probably just lying in your fucking pocket so you can jerk off to another octopus. So go fuck yourself. And, uh, and the whole thing about when the octopus supposedly, let's assume that it was the same octopus that was dying as she was giving birth. Mm. And he's saying this like it's bothering him so much. No, he's relieved. It's not, he's relieved the animal has died because it releases him from his obsession. I want you to think about that. He's happy that the animal is dead because it releases him from his obsession. He's like, well, I was dreaming about it and doing this about it. So now it's kind of relief that I don't have to do that. So you're literally glad that the animal has died so you don't have to obsess over it. You didn't have to obsess over it to begin with. You are having a mental breakdown or a problem of some sort that therapy or something else would help instead of ostracizing your friends and family for a full year to obsess over I don't think I don't think he was ostracizing them for a full year I think he's been ostracizing them a lot longer than that because I think like you said he's a self-righteous oh. piece of shit yeah thanks you know and and I'm not I'm not gonna pretend to know the guy but I also can tell you that I couldn't give two shits about him nor do I want to know him um I, I no, think... I'm just saying what he said in the film about what the octopus taught him was literally to have empathy in relationship to his son and have rela- empathy for the fucking ocean. So I'm like, you're a rich dick piece of shit who's lived in the ocean, by the ocean your whole life, on your own acknowledgement and accord, an expert diver and have been diving your whole life, and it took you in a year of obsession over a fucking octopus to care about the fucking ocean? Go fuck yourself, you rich piece of shit. Like that's what I feel like. like and, and you know, and that, and that also, that and that also bothers you. me because it's like, if you knew anything or understood anything, all right, you would understand we need to care about the environment around us. Without I, it, I we, we without us, without it, here. there is no us. Yeah. And it isn't. I don't need to see a bear. <laughs> fuck dude I don't even need to see a raccoon to understand how much I care about nature okay now imagine if you lived right in a forest and didn't understand the importance of a forest until in your 40s 50s you had a relationship with an animal and then you finally understood what it meant to have a nature I'm like well, why are you fucking living next to it dude you're living next to the ocean was, and diving all the time I was, and you have no clue that you should keep the kelp forest secure and spacious for everybody else. It literally took you this. You're a pretentious piece of shit. Yeah, let me let Fuck. me ask you a question. You remember, do you remember when, where we went horseback riding? You yes, remember, I remember. You remember the open arena space where we run and everything. Okay. So I was horseback riding yesterday, as I do so many Saturdays. And, you know, we're in our group. Uh, Mike and Sandra, who's a, a, a girl that rides with us, you know, it's just three of us. We're running. That's what we do. 
Mm-hmm. Horses spook easily. There was something that spooked the horses. My horse almost bucked, so I had to stop her, calm her down, see what was going on. There were pigs. It was a mama pig, fairly large, and like five babies. They were just around. They have been forced into that situation because the pigs were in a different area, but because of construction, they were brought down to the area where we ride, which is an acreage forest area that's designated for that. So with that situation, um, you know, we're riding. We're, we're doing what we're doing. But the pigs won't move. They're standing their ground. The mama pig is standing her ground. So Mike... One of our partners just moves, the, you know, slowly to shepherd the pigs. Not to try and scare them because they'll fight back. The mama will fight mm. back. She's with her babies. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's called respecting that environment enough to understand that we got to tell the pigs about the distance. But we got to do so in a respectful way. Where we're not intruding in whatever the mom's trying to do with the little babies and the babies are trying to basically just get around until they get bigger, whatever. I get that. It is necessary. Mm. Period. In the freaking story. Um, It's a matter of knowing and understanding the environment around you. I don't need to have a bad relationship with my son or everybody else around me. To then go through that and say, man, I'm going to go be a good father now because I saw this mama pig with its pigs standing as ground from the big bad horses. No, the two things don't relate. I'm sorry. If I'm an asshole in, in, in regular life to my kid and I'm an asshole in regular life to my wife or ex-wife or whoever and I'm just a complete dick about everything, you need years and years of therapy. And that's yeah. all I'm going to say about this guy and his movie. And if anybody feels that they are offended by what I said, I don't really care. I've grown past the point of caring about that. Okay? Yeah. I respect your opinion, but I'll disagree with it. And I'll tell you a million a million years over why this is wrong. Yeah. And, and I'm Period. not saying you can't get a, 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 re, like a, a renew or re, a new appreciation for nature from relationship with them. I'm not saying that. Of course you can get new appreciation. Of course. When I am saying about this dude and this fuckhead and this pretentious rich fuck who just wants to philosophize and thinks he's better than everybody else is he's not a dude who had to have really knows. He's someone who had money, who lived on the sea, who is a diver the whole time. This is someone who's actually in nature and didn't think to even care about it for I don't know how long he's been alive. Seemingly before too, he was doing tracking and nature documentaries. So again, this is someone who's not just now being exposed to it. This is someone who's been around it for a very long time and did almost everything wrong that shows he's had no appreciation or no care for the nature around him. But he's attractive. And his new release came from his own just obsession. It's just really his own obsession at literally the cost of another animal. It's a which king, again it's a king, it's is a king more phone, of a dude. dick thing to do. I hate this dude. I understand why it won an Oscar because uh, I never talk about feelings about Hollywood and a lot of these people, but these pretentious fuckheads would also need something like this. It's it's really the movie just made for pretentious fuckheads. Uh, Academy is very political, and what wins an Oscar? We all, if you don't know this, it's very political. Uh, and the fucks that would 
that do this type of shit are exactly the people who vote for this shit. Does that make sense? Like the Hollywood pretentious fucks who would like, I'm rich, I live in an ocean and I fucking pee in it and throw trash all day. And until I obsess over something and kind of fuck it, maybe then I'll appreciate it. Yeah, those fuckheads voted for this to win an Oscar. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna say, Rick. I don't give a fuck, fuck all of them. Uh, fuck this movie. Fuck this movie. Fuck this movie. Yeah, I think that's my feelings on it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I know why yeah, I want it, it just it makes me it makes me mad. It it um it makes me mad because it also you know, there have been people and there have been films and documentaries and stuff like that that actually mattered that did win Oscars that should not have to share company with this. And that's um, where you get to because there are professionals in the industry that actually know what they're doing and it's like, okay, this is this is the roommate now. And, no. and you know, like, I totally agree with you on your sentiments on that. And I'll take it a step further, okay? I'll take it a step further. There are people that assume that watching this, there's a message. What's the message? Conservation. Okay, mm. okay, okay. When I bring you to task and ask you to tell me what exactly about this screams conservation, mm -hmm. can you tell me the same thing that you would tell me if you watch a Jacques Cousteau documentary where you would know every last detail? No, I no, I think... you can't, and you won't. And the reason why mm -hmm. is because there is no redeeming quality, which brings me to my point that I made. This is beautifully shot. No one takes that away. Oh, beautiful no shot. This is the most beautiful. And if you mute this, if you mute this, go on an airplane, turn on your entertainment system. If you mute this, okay, people are going to see it and they're going to say, this is the most beautiful thing ever. It is mm -hmm. the best film ever made. Okay? If you mute it. Yep. If you're so enthralled by the visual aspect, you're going to think it's the greatest thing ever made. And you're going to look past the obvious holes in the story. Mm -hmm. This is why I told everyone you need to see this because I need to know that I'm not going insane. Because I saw it once and it was like at first... I was like, man, this is like incredible. The, the waves crashing, you know, this, it's amazing. Oh man, look, it's a kelp forest. I've, I've not seen a kelp forest up close. I'm incredibly impressed by this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those drone shots were perfect. Oh yeah, shots, the close-ups of the squid. The close-ups the, the close and, and everything and like that. Everything oh, yeah. was Great. amazing. Great. You're using natural light in the most amazing way. I'm not taking your skill away from you. I'm no, not. Amazing. Your amazing. skill as a, as a as a director of photography is, if you're using only natural, because you can't really. I mean, you know, you can house a camera. Underwater housings are very expensive. Minimally, they cost you like at least three thousand dollars. But you know, you can house a camera underneath just right, and you can use light. I mean, it's hard to light underwater shots. You know, mm -hmm. really hard. Yep. Um, and you have to kind of know what you're doing, but everything with just the sunlight coming in and everything, it, it was perfect. 
Yep. It was perfect. Yeah. I give him that. He's a prick and a shit, and I don't care for him, but I give him his skill. His due, oh, I give him. 100%. And, and, and I want to try to end this on, on the most positive note I can in the sense that I want to be able to say, yeah, it was beautifully shot. But beyond that, you have to look at things objectively through the lens of what is being said. Mm. And you can't assume that because someone has gone out in, in the wildlife, and this is to all the aspiring filmmakers and stuff like that, when you're making a film, when you're writing something, you need to research your material. And mm. you need to humbly understand that you're not an expert in, in certain fields. Okay? You need to research. You need to ask questions. You need to make sure that you educate yourself. It doesn't matter what the subject it is you're tackling. Because mm -hmm. chances are you are not an, a subject matter expert in everything that you document, especially in something like that. Even yeah. when you're writing films, you have to document yourself enough to understand mm -hmm. why there are rules in place. There were no, ev like every rule here was broken. And I'm sorry. Yes. This isn't it, this isn't something that I think is good. This no. isn't something that I'm gonna give credit to this story because this story did absolutely nothing for me. Nothing. I hate, okay? I hate that it's popular because it has bad science in it. And any films that have bad science, people will replicate something popular and people consider it good in the bad science that it. it but I, you know, and, and the problem, the problem is, is this is really kind of a like a larger problem of society that you see things and you read things and automatically you assume that something is good or it's great oh i read it on google so it's got to be right no no it's on wikipedia man wikipedia is like what wikipedia i could alter wikipedia to say that i was married to elizabeth taylor right before her death if i wanted to and it would be a day before they would actually discover that and they would then have to change that mm -hmm. that's how wikipedia works it is not a reliable source in the mm -hmm. academic world you should never use wikipedia as a source okay? uh, i wish he used wikipedia at least in the beginning of the movie rather than barely do any research halfway through yeah but um, just yeah yeah hey, yeah no i agree with you he, he you have to do valid research this dude did none and i have to say that yes research 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 that is the lesson to take i think from this better research man uh and Thorough. literally it's called my octopus teacher the octopus should have been the star of this and not his telling of the octopus itself the octopus never tells and i story. thought and honestly i thought and i thought that in in first seeing actually the the title i will i assume that this was something where he was going to be learning about an octopus and an octopus, you know, the octopus habits and, you know, mating and all of that. But instead, the whole damn time is just like, I saw her and it would be the last time we made contact. I, and I mean, it's supposed to be the octopus taught him shit, but I was like, it's all delusional because you just made it up in your fucking head while talking to the octopus. To yeah, your friend. It's, it's all fucking delusional. It's you absolutely actually ridiculous. open yourself up to the octopus to actually teach you anything. You had a narrative in mind, and that's what you went. And and also, and to be also a hundred percent honest, um, 
he was the only talking head, mm-hmm. which tells you that this was all vanity. Because he wants you to hear his story. Yeah. What he has to say. Mm-hmm. And he is about the most dry, boring, one-dimensional individual I have ever seen in my entire life. And I've seen a few of those. Because, you know, you see people that assume they know what they're talking about and they'll give you... But this guy was a special kind of boring. Yeah. Like, those periods, I wanted... I couldn't wait for him to get back into the ocean because I wanted to see the ocean. That's it. Yeah. If you... Honestly, and, and, and we're coming up to our times. I'm ending here. If you want to see a version of this story that's better, watch Taxi Driver, Joker, anything else. It's literally a story about a delusional man who learns stories about something. That's really it. This dude's fucking delusional. And, and, it, and it doesn't lie about it either. Joker yeah. doesn't lie about being the story about a delusional man. Neither does yeah. Taxi Driver, nor does any film where the person <laughs> is absolutely fucking delusional. That's the end of the story. This is the yeah. crux of that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, do I recommend this movie? No, I don't recommend this movie. I also recommend that fucking Rotten Tomatoes vet their reviews and actually watch and like really do something to where what you are actually putting out there is legitimately credible. Because this is not a ninety-seven percent great film, just like Crawl was not an eighty percent great film. But then again, if you see some of the reviews that are being up, like being written and being thrown up there, they're not even being vetted for actual like grammatical correction. I, I, I'm not even gonna say this for Rotten Tomatoes is not their fault. I'm gonna say Academy, get a heart, learn to care about things without having an obsession uh, with it. You, you can just care about shit. Also, tentacle porn's available. Just watch that. So uh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> This dude should have done it. The Academy should have done it. They all should have just jerked off to tentacle porn. But just vet the damn thing. Like, just vet the damn thing. Really vet the damn thing. I mean, um, just, just. (sighs) That, we're done. We're done. I'm done. You know what, everyone? Cinemagic Podcast. It's over, and I'm not going to recommend anything for anyone right now because I'm just too fucking into my own head to even care. So. You know what? When we're recording this, I'm going to recommend uh, um, uh, uh, the new He-Man show by Kevin Smith that came out on Netflix. Okay. I'm just gonna uh, you that. know what? I'm going to piggyback on that and just go with you because I grew up on He-Man, so watch He-Man. Absolutely. Yeah, watch Stranger watch Things, too. Fun stuff. Watch Stranger Things. Just watch anything. Almost anything. Yeah. <laughs> almost oh. anything. <laughs> we're out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> See you next week on Cinemagic Podcast. Next week.